Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about investing in commercial properties. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. In today's episode, we are going to be learning how to add value to industrial investing, what were some of the major lessons learned getting into this asset class, and also how to take your business to the next level. We are interviewing Monique Helm. She is the founder of Real Estate Investor Goddesses. She is a real estate investor and syndicator and owns, together with other investors, over 1,300 rental doors across seven states. Here we go. Monique, thank you so much for joining us today. I am super, super, super excited to have you here because I was listening to your podcast when I started out (laughs) in this amazing journey. So it's so awesome to have you come here and share your wisdom with us. Um, But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, So I am a real estate investor. Now I'm focusing a lot on industrial, but we also have multifamily. We have a single family portfolio, a mobile home park, an RV park. Though I did not start here at all. I actually started my career, my life as a lawyer. Growing up, my parents are they're super encouraging. I'm a first generation American. My parents were from Haiti. They always said, Monique, you can be anything you want, but in parentheses, as long as you're a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer. <laughs> <laughs> because for them, that was success. And what I learned was to be successful, to have one of those jobs. I was miserable as a lawyer, but that's a whole other whole other topic. The only thing that I learned about real estate investing was to buy your own home. And I went to do that. And that was, I live in Los Angeles, super expensive market. And this was back in 2005. But even then, a starter home in a semi-decent neighborhood, just a neighborhood where you wouldn't have drive-by shootings, not like nice, like Bel Air, Beverly Hills. But those starter homes were upwards of $600,000, So I I ended up getting a small multifamily and living in one unit, renting out the other ones as a way to be able to afford my home. And um, and that's how I got into real estate investing. I became a landlord kind of accidentally. And then when I met my husband, he had a duplex. We got a single family rental together and we started to flip. Then found out about syndication, bringing groups of investors together. And w- which we started in 2016, and that really skyrocketed us. And that's how I got here. I'm super curious as to why did you decide to start looking at industrial coming from multifamily? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I, yeah, in 2016, so mostly we were all about multifamily, and I had bought a couple of properties in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We had a 51 unit, like a townhome community, and then a 77 unit. We were selling those. They were really hard deals. (laughs) They were 
C class, there was C minus, minus, minus. It was really bad, maybe even D plus. Really tough, um, tough buildings in a tough market. So we'd had, it, it was just a struggle the whole time we'd owned those. And it was kind of miraculous that a buyer came out of nowhere, a 1031 buyer that wanted to buy the buildings. And he bought those properties at in Albuquerque, New Mexico at a four cap, which is wow. insane. <laughs> which was real. I mean, we were thrilled as the <laughs> sellers, right? We were we were very happy with that. But as the as a buyer, that really scared me. Because like, this is definitely a seller's market. I do not like being a buyer in a seller's yeah. market. I do not like going with the herds. And if people are going to pay this much for that asset, that I don't want to compete with that. So I started looking at, you know, where where else could I look? And there were more and more and more people coming into multifamily, still are. And I thought, well, where else can I look? And I fell into industrial. We had a partner who is an operator. So a lot of what we do is we have, we have investors and we partner with great operators and um, and bring money and we're, we're working we're on the, the GP, but we're not doing a lot of the operation side. And we had a, an operator who was getting a portfolio in Houston, Texas of industrial. And this particular portfolio had 109 different spots. It went six industrial parks in Northwest Houston. And I didn't know much about industrial yet, but I started looking into it in assessing this this deal. And I went, yeah, okay, I like this. It's not the feeding frenzy that I'm seeing in some other asset classes, but there is a definite demand and it's increasing demand, a lot of need for this type of this type of property. Even as retail was hurting because of online, online retailers, they need industrial space. They need storage. They need pro, you know, distribution centers and data processing. And we still have, we have manufacturing in this country. There is, there is manufacturing. There is, there's this need for this, this type of asset. But there was not the not all of the people going there to, to buy it. So I saw this great opportunity and actually industrial over this past year in COVID was the strongest, I think along with self storage, the strongest performing asset class. Yeah. And it is doing incredibly well. Now we do a, a very niche type of, of industrial called a sale leaseback, which I can talk about in a, in a minute, but it was really is this the scare of the, you know the nice part of being a seller in this market, but realizing I didn't want to be a buyer in that market, which which got me curious about industrial. And good job on picking the next hot asset class. I wonder what's even next for you. <laughs> we, will, we will see. <laughs> what are some value add strategies that you use for industrials? So I was just talking about this type of niche industrial that we do called sale leaseback. And sale leaseback is this. There's a company that has a facility that they are using. 
and they want to sell it mostly because they need to get, usually because they want to get the equity out of it, but they still want to use it. So they sell it and then they lease it right back. This is a is very, very niche. Very, very, very few people do this. And because it's so, it's so unusual and so few people do it, that really is the value add. So, you know, we'll buy it and then the seller becomes a tenant and they're leasing it usually with a 20-year lease, built-in rent increases, triple net. So they're paying rent and property taxes and insurance and all the maintenance. So if there's an issue with the toilet, they fix the toilet. <laughs> if there's an issue with the roof, they'll fix the roof. Yay. Um, love triple net. So they have this, this lease. So what we do is we will sell it usually in four to six years to an institutional buyer, like a pension fund or an insurance company, something like that. They love these deals with an industrial tenant already in place with several years of steady rent payment history with 15 to 17 years left on a, on the lease. They'll buy those all day, every day, but they do not do the, the sale lease back. So that is where the, the, the value is added. We also buy these slightly below market. So we have built-in equity. We rent it slightly below market as well to the seller slash tenant, mm. which also gives us room. That's how we're, we're adding value. And the big due diligence piece, the, the one risk is in that tenant. So we do a lot of due diligence on the, the company to make sure that they're super good bet, good risk. So they're well capitalized. They're very strong companies. I think we're the youngest company we've done it, one of these deals with is 17 years old. I think we've had one that was as old as 80 something years. So they're just these good, steady, very strong companies that are not going to go anywhere. So besides digging deep into these tenants, are there any other lessons that you can share that you learned in this asset class so far? So with our in 109 spots in Houston, so we have our, our various industrial parks, those parks are... It's flex warehouse space. So some of it is like a little bit like retail. We have all different types of tenants in that. Everything. We have three churches. We have bakers, garages, all different types of tenants. So those tenants had mixed success during the pandemic and the economic fallout of all of that. Churches couldn't meet. So it was hard for our churches to pay rent. The retail type spaces weren't able to do business and then other ones were fine. What's nice about that is we had 109 tenants. We have a mix of different things. So some were good, some were not bad, some didn't do as well. The lesson we learned still having that variety of different tenants and really working with them and staying in communication with them, mm -hmm. helping them to access some of the, the federal money that was available for businesses that helped allay the risks. In our sale leasebacks, we actually had no problem with those companies. They were all Trucking. essential businesses. <laughs> so they, they were yeah. trucking a lot. A lot of them were, especially like our food ones, they were doing more business in it than ever. Yeah. So they were, they were great. And when you had you know, a certain percentage of your tenants not paying, 
did you have to raise more funds? How did you guys deal with that? No, we were fine. We had to get creative, stay in communication with them, help. Like I said, we had to help just to help our tenants be able to access um, cash so they could stay in business. We did have a couple that closed their doors and uh, weren't able to to last. There were enough that survived. We're okay on that particular deal. We paused distributions, but the it's fine. We definitely did not need to get extra cash. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I think uh, the, the word of the year was diversify last year. So. Oh, yes. Yes. We have a C-class residential. Did not do well. B-class was better. They are, our industrial is doing well. Yeah. So besides partnering up with this operator, did you have any other ways that you went about learning about this asset class? You know, there, it's, it's interesting. There's not a ton out there to learn about industrial. I just was doing a lot of research, looking at the state of the market, looking at the, the CBRE reports about the market, the, you know, the Marcus and Milicha, all of the, the big brokers looking at their reports about the industrial side. Did a lot of Google, <laughs> Google research, a lot of research online <laughs> to learn about industrial and that marketplace. Okay. And I think there are a couple of podcasts that are starting up that are solely focused on industrial. So hopefully that will help people out as well. Yeah. Um, so switching gears, I'm super curious. I know you're a huge Tony Robbins fan and that he has helped you so much in your business. Can you share some of the top things that you have learned with him that have helped you scale your business so much? Yeah, that's such a good question. So one of the main things, which is not necessarily about business in particular, but it's the importance of your state, your state of mind, the emotional place that you, in which you approach things. Because if you are in a, a low vibrational state, you are going to have low vibrational results. And mm -hmm. if you're in a high vibrational state, you're going to have high vibrational results because you're thinking more resourcefully and creatively. And the importance of state is everything. So that's That's been the main lesson that I've gotten from him and always try to get into state myself. I really focus on that with my community of real estate investor classes. We're meeting, we always focus on get, getting our state up. So that's really important. In terms of specific business, because I, I think when we were, we were connected, I, I was at Business Mastery. So one of the really important things is anticipating change and state change is a constant and part of doing well is to recognize patterns and see and see what's going to what might be coming down the line take some time to think about what are changes that could be coming and that will affect what you're doing and I think for me seeing the changes that were coming along in the multifamily market Right. And exactly. anticipating and seeing also the, the changes that were happening in industrial that really served me. Uh, so that's been a really valuable lesson. Another one that I got from some Tony and Business Master in particular is the importance of being an owner of your business and not an operator. When you own the business, then the business is running largely without you. When you are an operator, then you are 
working. So you have a job. When I first went to Business Mastery, that was in 2019, in August, I realized, wow, I am very, very, very much an operator in my business. <laughs> and so I set out, and that's what I've been doing for the past year and a half, almost two years, is working on being more of an operator and creating the, the systems and the processes and putting people in place so that the business can run largely without me. That's made a huge difference for the business and for my life. Thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Is there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know, be it an industrial or taking care of your own career in real estate? I think one of the most important things in real estate is relationships. Real estate is a relationship business. Uh, finding great people to work with and also being the best person to work with as possible and really showing up as full of integrity because it takes a long time to build a good reputation and a bad reputation can be created in a second. <laughs> so that's, I have found the most important thing. Be the the great person that you want that you would want you, you look for great people to work with and and be a great person to work with sure wow monique thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of this amazing wisdom how can our listeners get in touch with you the best way is at my website which is reigoddesses.com rei for real estate investor goddesses.com and goddesses has two D's and two S's as I was typing <laughs> here in case people don't know. <laughs> yeah, actually three S's. G-O-D-D-E-S-S-E-S. Goddesses. What about your podcast? And the podcast is Real Estate Investor Goddesses Podcast. And you can, you can find information and the links for that at the website, reigoddesses.com as well. And as always, all of these links will be under show notes. Monique, thank you so much again for making the time to share your wisdom with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review if you are learning from this podcast. And I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers, Tiger, 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 I'm a graduating college kid prepping for interviews and entering the CRE industry after several summer internships in New Jersey and New York City. Great podcast for commercial real estate terminology and learning from her experiences. Thank you so much, Tiger. I really appreciate your username and your review and best of luck starting your real estate career. And I will see you next time.